This week, we'll be talking about how to keep your bike always ready for the ride in preventative maintenance. Stick around. Welcome to Random Thoughts from the Road on the Ozark Rides Digital Network. Conversations about motorcycles, one of the best places to ride in America, the Ozark Mountains of Missouri and Arkansas, and of course, any random thoughts that pop into our head. And now, here's your host from OzarkRides.com, Craig Allen and Randy Lewis. You know, Missouri and Arkansas rides, they can't be beat. No matter where you ride, do yourself a favor and go by Heartland Honda in Springdale the first Level 5 Honda powerhouse dealer in Arkansas. Heartland Honda has a huge selection of Honda motorcycles, ATVs, and side-by-sides with excellent financing options. Plus, their red-level technicians can help keep you riding. Seriously, go check them out online at heartlandhonda.com or give them a call at 479-751-7022. Heartland Honda. Work hard, play hard. So how was your last ride? Was it a lot of fun? Uneventful? Did you hit a cat? Seriously, you need to avoid hitting cats. Now, those unexpected road hazards can cause an accident with injuries. So do me a favor. Put Dr. Brad Bradshaw on your phone. His phone number is 417-333-3333. Even I can remember that. Dr. Brad Bradshaw's specialized medical training is the critical difference in getting you or any of his clients the maximum recovery. After the show, check him out online at bradbradshaw.com. Save his number, 417-333-3333. Dr. Brad Bradshaw, physician, surgeon, and lawyer. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Random Thoughts from the Road. With me, as always, is Randy Boom Boom Lewis. Mike Check 1212. <laughs> bike Works in Urbana, Missouri. Big Mo. Yeah. How Motown. are you this morning? Man, I'm doing great. What kind of monkey shit stuff did you get done this week? Oh, worked on a Harley that had 284,000 miles on it. Yeah, legits. Came in for base gaskets. <laughs> and that was it. It ran when it came in? Yeah, and it ran when it went out, too, by the way. Who knew? Yeah, so everybody keeps talking about how unreliable Harleys are. This dude's got 284,000 miles on it. So we're doing base gaskets, and he just assumed the cylinders would be wore out. So we bought 10 over pistons. Pull the cylinders. Looks like the day it was put on. I mean, they were in superb shape. So, of course, we went ahead and honed them, put the bigger pistons in, put a new oil pump on it, and did a little service. Guy was tickled pink and rode out a happy dude. That's a lot of miles. This guy's a rider. Yeah, heck yeah. And his wife's bike's coming in for base gaskets in a week or two. And she's got, gosh, I want to say like 130, 140,000 miles on it too. He goes beyond going down to the Dollar General store. and A little bit. Dude's 60, 70 years old at least. Easy now. Yeah. Simmer down, son. That's how you get to have that many miles. That's right. You live a long life. He bought it back when he was 10 and rode to the Dollar General <laughs> store. Multiple times. Multiple times. <laughs> nah, man, just rolling through everything and just work. Have you been work. busy? Slamming. 
SummerSlam and I've got months worth of work to do on top of, let's see here, one bagger makeover. Shoot, still got two or three other builds to do. So yeah, it's busy, busy, busy. How much have you gotten to ride? Oh, every day. Everybody else's stuff. <laughs> now, what's the update status? Uh, last time we talked, your big wheel was being torn down to build up the engine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just, is it, has it been touched? A little bit, a little bit. I finally got a couple of parts for my heads, so hopefully tomorrow I'll be oh, able to... Oh, you need more than just parts for your head. <laughs> I need a new one of those. Nah, man, just messing with it whenever I get the opportunity, late at night. Is your son like helping you with it? He's very he's good a, about driving parts He's a parts crack away. mechanic. Oh, man, he is. He's going to be slick. I'm excited for when he actually gets to the Going to be. Where. He already is. Yeah. Little shithead's a little unorganized, though, for me. Well, that'll come in time. A little space cadet. <laughs> nah, he's, he's helping me a little bit. He helps me. Let's see. Last weekend, we had to flip all the, the bicycles over and lube the chains on them. And then had to take his four-wheeler and tighten the chain on it and lube it. And just, he's one of those maintenance dudes at a young age. Well, you know, that's a nice segue because what we're going to talk about this week is making sure that when you walk out the door, go out to your garage, your shed, your barn, or whatever you have, and going to get on your bike to go for a ride to make sure that it is going to do its part and be ready for that ride. Preventative maintenance, PMS. Oh, yuck. You like the term, PMS? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, preventative maintenance system. Nah, man, I am a huge advocate of it. Honestly, it's... I am too. It's, in my opinion, this is going to sound ridiculously crazy, but it's more important than changing your oil, in my opinion. Granted, changing your oil is part of the maintenance, but you've got to stay on top of it. I know so many people, and I don't know why, I guess it's just old age, but it just irritates the hell out of me to hear the phrase, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm kind of the, the school you want to make sure, not you don't have to fix it, but maintain it before it gets broke yeah yeah you know this a huge thing for me is washing your motorcycle you know that that really leads into what why doesn't that segue into your personal life what do you mean wash washing my stuff washing yourself (laughs) shit son i'm as clean as a whistle inside now but i I don't know let's just move on i don't want to even you don't want to go into that no i don't know man it's fun to wash yourself okay So with washing your motorcycle, it gives you hands on of what's what, you know, if you do a decent job, you know, with it, you soap and wash it and things like that. And as you're wiping it down to dry it or wax it, you get to put hands on everything. If something's loose, you're going to catch it. If something's looking a little weathered or tattered, you get to see it. You know, those guys that, oh, I ride mine. I ain't got time to wash it. Bullshit. That's the stupidest statement I ever heard. Well, not ever, but you spend, it's up there. Yeah, you spend thousands of dollars on a motorcycle, and you want to keep it dirty, and you want to keep it ragged. I mean, give me a break, yo. All that dirt and grime and shit build up on it, all it does is it wears out parts faster. Think I'm wrong? Try it sometime. Yeah. You know? So with washing it, and you know, people go back and forth, well, you have to hand wash a motorcycle. You can't power wash it. Eh, I only power wash mine. To a degree, yeah. Yeah, but I'm not stupid with it. I mean, I know how to power wash a bike. There are areas that you don't point the (laughs) nozzle at and pull the trigger. We're not talking about power washing the inside of your carburetor, your injection system here. Right. You know, power wash the thing, get all that crap 
off of it. You know, people around here, we live on gravel roads. Wash the inside of your fenders if as best you can. Wash the undercarriage a little bit. You know, power wash all that crap off of there and then come back through and wipe it and wax it. Um, no you know, I live down a mile-long dirt road to get to the pavement. So yeah. it's a mile there and a mile back. Yeah. And I used to not wash up and underneath the fenders. And oh. then one day I had to pull the fender off, the rear fender. Mm-hmm. And I was absolutely stunned how, how thick the the dirt and mud had crusted on there, right. almost to the point where you had to take a, a chisel or something to <laughs> get it all off. It, it, it shocked me. It is, dude. Most, I mean, most bikes, other than metric bikes, have metal fenders. Yeah, the paint looks good, but that stuff's gonna rust and rot out from the bottom side. Yeah, rock chips get in there, and then you put dirt and crap off the road on top of that and it's just going to eat it away from the bottom side so take care of your stuff man just just clean it clean the thing once a week once a month you know harley guys get a bad rap because they spend more time polishing their bike than riding it whatever you're going to hear all sorts of shit but it's not a not bad from me by god yeah yeah you've uh-huh. never said a bad word no. <laughs> but you know it, it it's not just harley's i mean everything and anything you know you wash your body daily we hope why wouldn't you wash your bike after you ride it or before you ride it or something like that? You know, keep that thing clean. It'll keep all the metals in good shape. It'll keep your paint in good shape. It'll keep your lines in good shape. It'll keep you running. Yeah, it really will. And then after you wash it, whether you hand wash or power wash or whatever, when you're wiping this thing down, pay attention to what the F you're doing, you know. Wipe everything off. And while you're wiping it, look at it, you know. Is your chrome chipped up? Is it got rust on it? Is your wheel, the spoke wheels, are the, you know, the spokes loose or something? That's a good way to be able to see everything that's going on with your bike. And then with your engine, does it have an oil leak? Does it not have an oil leak? You know, are your electrical connectors, are they good? Are they plugged in right? Are they, you know, looking shoddy? It's just stuff like that's going to keep bugs from jumping up on you later down the road. Well, exactly. And and as we have alluded to before in other podcasts, riding here in the Ozarks, unless you're in the city, more often than not, you're going to be a long ways from help. Yeah, yeah. And sure. I can think of quite a few of the rides that we have on the website that if you break down, you're screwed. Yeah. And screwed wasn't my first choice of words. For a minute or two, you're screwed. Oh, yeah. You yeah. are screwed. Yes. Because there's nothing around for many, many miles. And I'm saying nothing as in people, cockroaches, <laughs> yeah. anything. You've so, got some bugs and some wildlife to help you out. Oh, yeah. Uh, so you need to learn survival tips, too. Maybe. 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 And these places that I'm talking about, quite a few of them don't have cell service. So you're not getting on the phone and saying... Honey, can you come pick me up? Yeah. Triple A, do you do bikes? Yeah, so it's your choice. Do you want to not have that happen to you? Or you take a, you know, an hour or two to walk somewhere to then get help to go back that hour to then have to load it up. I mean your day's shot. Who wants to spend their whole day jacking around with a broke down motorcycle? Absolutely nobody. Well you do it for a living. (laughs) Yay. And get paid. Yeah. Well, well, the shop, theory. they said. It'll be wonderful, they yeah. say. And you said, hold my beer. Yeah, I did. Hold my whiskey here. Let's see how this is going to work. You know, so one of my pet peeves is bikes will come into the shop and they'll be wiped down or they'll be clean or whatever. And they're like, yeah, you know, I take really good care of this thing. And then I pull the seat off. And that some buck looks like it's just cobweb, dirt, dust. That's where the heart of all your electronics are. 
pull that damn seat off and clean it up every now and then. Maintenance doesn't mean just a cursory look over the bike. Yeah. You got to actually dig into it. Yeah, a little bit. Doesn't I mean, mean you have to break it down every single time, but maybe once a month. Right. Pull these things off and, and look. Yeah, exactly. You know, out here in the boondocks, fairing motorcycles, we get pack rats. We get mice. We get crap like that. So you dudes with fairing bikes, it's not a bad idea. Pop the five or six screws you got to take out, pull the fairing off, and look at your wiring in there. You know, there is a way for stuff to get up underneath the headlight and behind the headlight and from behind the cowling and get in there. And that's a perfect place for mice and things like that to get into. So check your wiring, check everything out. Let's see what's going on with it. Well, now we're talking about maintenance. I think a nice add-in to that is that I just came to my mind. It's why we call it random thoughts. What do you keep in your tool bag? Not the one you have in your shop. You got a tool bag on yours? I thought you rode a Victory and they didn't break down. It's for show, the tool bag. (laughs) No, that's funny. Truth be told, I don't keep crap on my motorcycle. I do keep tire patches and plugs and that's about it maybe a pair of needle nose pliers or something like that but i got a buddy that he runs an electroglide harley and that's some has a toolkit like you would find it you know lowe's or you know like a little snap-on 50-piece toolkit really that yeah big. yeah he keeps that keeps pliers he keeps a uh, lithium-ion battery jump starter charger in there all the time i have a toolkit i keep a set of plugs in there yeah because there was a time when we were working on the bike, we, I say that metaphorically, when yeah. you were working on my bike, because I was having a, remember we talked about it before with the exhaust yeah. change yep. and tuning problems, yep. and I was fouling out plugs real bad. Yep. Now, since then, you've got that dialed in, and that doesn't happen anymore, but I still keep a set of plugs in there. It's a good idea. I keep uh, a pug puller, obviously, and pair of pliers. Probably three or four open in and boxed wrenches that I know that fit certain things that might come up. Yeah. You need an Uh, eight millimeter, a 10 millimeter and a 12 or a 14. Something like that. Yeah. And I keep one of those screwdrivers that you can flathead and Phillips. Yeah. Flip it around. It's either or and a tire gauge. Ah, yeah, a tire gauge would be a great idea. Dude, we went down to uh, Blues Bikes and Barbecue one time. I at the time I had a 26 inch spoked wheel on, on my bike. And I don't know if it was just the air change or what. Um, but I, I get down there come out the next morning and my bike's riding a little bit weird. Freaking look down and my tire is nearly flat, which it doesn't have much of a sidewall anyway. So I run over to the gas station, fill it up. We go ride for the day. Next freaking morning, same damn thing. I have no idea what was going on at the time. Oh, I was so pissed off and irritated. So for two or three mornings in a row, I had to air up my front tire just to, just to go ride for the day. Come back to Missouri, park it, never had the issue again. Really? It was the weirdest thing I'd ever encountered. That's strange. Yeah, heck yeah. That sounds like my lawnmower, my riding lawnmower. I can go out there and the left front tire will be flat. I'll fill it up before a mow and it won't go flat for two or three months. And then all of a sudden And all of a sudden, the next time I go out, it's flat. Yeah. Sheer laziness on my part, not taking the tire off. Most likely, it's probably your valve stem core is what the issue is. Maybe. I think that's what the problem with this one was. It was probably just seeping out overnight. So. Now, when I'm taking a long trip, and I say a long trip, uh, since I haven't in a while, uh, I am notorious for cross-country trips. Mm-hmm. And I think you've seen it. I keep a little um, tire kit. Inflator and like... I mean, it's yeah, it's got, an, it's got a little compressor. It's mm-hmm. got some of the... And I don't like using this, but if you're 70 miles away from the nearest living creature and you get a flat... 
<laughs> Thank God I've never had to use this. I use that um, stuff that you squirt in your tire. Oh, what is slime or slime? Fix it flat. Yeah. Now that's Yo. the most. It's the horriblest stuff there is. But, but my works. theory is, <laughs> if it'll get you that seventy or eighty miles yeah. to the next place where you can replace your tire, because nobody worth their salt is going to patch a motorcycle tire. Yeah, anybody with a little bit of brains understands that that's not the best idea. No, so you're buying a new tire. Yeah, you you patch tubes to get you through or, you know, non-tube guys. I've done it. Whatever, say what you want. Stick a tire plug in that thing, at least to it'll hold air to where you can get somewhere to change it Get somewhere. It yeah, yeah. I remember, it's been years ago. I'm big on searching new products, new tools, things like that, just, just to see what fantasy, the industry. They call that fantasy shopping. Yeah, window shopping. Yeah. yeah. But really, honestly, it's just to see what's on the market, where the industry's going, what's what's relevant in the industry. But there was a deal. Um, you know, I've referenced, referenced this before. An engine is an air pump, essentially. The way it works, air in, compresses, air out, right? Mm-hmm. So there was a tool. You took a spark plug out, put this tool into there, and it had an air line on it. So you could literally crank your engine and it would compress air to fill a tire really no joke that's handy yeah it really is injection guys it kind of sucks because it's gonna your injector's gonna pulse fuel in there with it carbureted guy a little bit different story you can shut fuel off and things like that but anyway it was the idea was to give you an air compressor anywhere it had one of those accordion style air hoses that came with it with a quick fitting in it you just put it in your spark plug hole put the air hose on turn your engine over it would start pumping air no joke somebody was thinking yeah somebody's been in that situation before have you ever now other than the little situation you just told us about have you ever been out on a ride and had a genuine full-on flat uh, either yes blue attire or anything so because i never as much riding as i have done cross country and i told you about the tire kit i have never once ever had a flat or a blown tire, anything. It's funny you say that. We've only we talked about this a couple weekends with ago with my father-in-law and stuff. I've legit's only broke down, I guess, three times my entire riding career. One was a flat tire. The other one was a wheel bearing, and then the lastly, I'll, I'll tell you about it. But it was a freaking crazy situation. It ended up coming out really good. Well, with that intro, you can't not tell us about it. Yeah. So we'll start with the the simple one, the I'm a dipshit one. So me and my wife went out. We were on my bagger, and I knew I was running a little bit thin on tires. See, in the shop, I'll try different tire brands and manufacturers and stuff, see how many miles I can get out of a tire. So then when customers come in, I can say, this is a better tire. This is what I found. This is how I ride. This is the mileage I get. So I tried this tire, cheap-ass tire, mind you. I didn't want to do it, but I did it. So my wife and I were coming back from Lake of the Ozarks. It was hotter than freaking Satan's balls out that day. My back tire was super thin on tread, like thin enough you can almost see the air. Should have already switched it out, but I didn't. But I must have ran over a pebble, literally a pebble, because I saw it later in the road, and it punctured the tire. So we go... Did it slow leak or did it pop? I no, mean, it, it slow leaked, so my handling was getting weird. Sloshy. It was starting to wobble a little bit. It was harder to steer. It was a back tire, too, and it was still harder to steer. So I go to make the turn to come onto a side road to go the back way home, and that some buck is all over the road. I mean, it's ass-whipping. looked like it was twerking going down the road. 
So I pull over in a little parking lot, and sure enough, my tire is completely flat. What'd you do? Well, unfortunately, called my father-in-law. He brought my trailer over. We loaded it up and trailered it, you know, the seven miles home. So that was one from... Well, if you're going to have a flat, that's an ideal situation. Yeah. And with that, that goes back to our look your shit over before you go for a ride. Had I been, you know, studious enough and or willing to not ride... I would have noticed it was bad and I would have took a different bike, but you know, hindsight's 2020, I guess. Yeah. So the next time I broke down, we were going to blues bikes and barbecue and we're rolling down the highway, 80, 90 miles an hour, just outside of Springfield, North of Springfield, we're headed South and you hear this pop. And then I start with an audible pun bang. Yeah. Just pop. Guys behind me, I like they're dodging little wheel bearings, you know, the bearings in the sealed bearing. I mean, that some buck absolutely blew both wheel bearings at the exact same time, both sides of the wheel. So imagine being 80 miles an hour, bike starts whipping all over the place. I don't want loaded. Got my wife on there. So I get her shut down and on the side, and I take a look at my back wheel, and that's it leaned. I mean, it's it's blown both wheel bearings so bad that my back tire is pitched like five degrees. So I'm like, well, shit, we're done, you know. And I'm not about love Harleys, but I do not like Harley dealerships. Um, there was one probably eight miles away. So even though it was so close, I chose to, yet again, call my father-in-law. He brought his electric glide down on a trailer we pulled it off i pushed mine up on there he took it back and we continued on just boogied on down yeah yeah because who wants to be stuck so lastly this is the one that i'm just enamored at how this happened and how i didn't do damage so um have an open air intake system on my bike and i had had some washers behind my cover on my air filter Okay, so somehow I lost a bolt out of my intake again, not being studious while looking this thing over to notice that this bolt is loose. Um, So when we talk about this shit, it's from experience. It's not just because we read something on the Internet and, and said, oh, this guy said this. So now it's it's word, you know, gospel. So. um We'd went on a ride that day and with a whole big group of people and we had to cut off and go into Springfield to get something. I mean, we had been 400 miles that day. We, I mean, we had already had a long trip. So, uh, we're rolling down 44, about a hundred miles an hour. And I make the off ramp to get onto, you know, another Glenstone, I think is what it was. And my bike starts running like shit. I mean, pop, making all the, all the bad noises you don't want to hear. So I limp it into this gas station and it's running on one cylinder. I thought I dropped the valve. Like I'm pissed. Legitsky. And it's not a good part of Springfield either. So sit in the parking lot, trying to figure it out. I have no tools because I'm a young dipshit. So finally I'm just like, forget about it. I'm going to just go and walk. So I walk about a mile in town, rent a U-Haul truck and trailer, come back, load it up, and then boogie on home. So we get back. It's it's kind of late. Um, put the kids and the wife to bed, and I go back out there. And I'm like, what the hell is going on with this thing? So I start it and listen to it again, and I'm like, 
you know, it's making compression, everything's fine, but it sounds like shit. Go to bed, irritated, get a couple hours of sleep, wake up the next morning, go back out there, and I'm just like, all right, I'm either going to go for broke or figure this thing out. So I start it, wrap this thing wide out, I hear a poof, noise goes away. Still running like shit, but noise just goes away. But you have a mouse in your exhaust clogging it up? A washer sucked through my intake, went into the cylinder, and that rattling was the washer bouncing around on the inside of the cylinder. Uh, wait a minute. No joke. I shit you not. Okay. How did that not destroy your body? Anything. So anyway, that poof I heard and the noise going away, it shot the washer out the exhaust, right? So I pulled the plugs on it and I got one plug that's just flattened. Now, if I didn't know you, I would be the guy right now yelling, bullshit yeah we should upload some pictures of this because and this is this is the cool thing crazy thing throw a set of plugs into it bike runs like a freaking top no you didn't go ahead and break it down afterwards just hell no yo i ain't got time for that been riding it around for four years like this right is this your big wheel yeah it's my big wheel so i pull it apart i'm doing the motor work look at the head there's a few little scars on the inside of the combustion chamber on the head Valve's not bent, valve's not chipped, nothing's broke. Pistons look perfectly fine, cylinders were perfectly fine. I am the luckiest mother trucker in the world. I've never seen or heard of this. You know, I've heard of people dropping Did you do shit something down the right in a former life where you're just getting paid <laughs> it's, back. It's my wife. She lives right, I guess. I don't know. And it's just rubbing off. She's real sweet. I wouldn't want to cross her, but yeah, she's sweet. Yeah, she's a sour patch kid, yo. She's sweet till she's not. So uh I mean, I'm just enamored when I pulled that engine apart, you know, month ago or whatever. I just sat there and looked at it for like 30 minutes. Like what in the F bomb? How did I get this lucky? I mean, I broke everything down on the heads, searched through everything looking for a problem. Just a couple of nicks in the, in the bottom side of the head is it. Pistons perfectly fine. No marks or scoring or anything on that. I mean, I could not believe it. So I literally sucked a washer through the intake into the combustion chamber, into the cylinders, and then shot that prick out the exhaust. Replace a freaking $4 plug back on the road, ready to roll. That's amazing. I cannot believe it. Never even heard about that. Well, I've only broke down in my entire life once, and it was the bike that I'm currently running. Ooh. Yeah, I got a good story. I was riding it back from Washington State, and I was going towards Kalispell. And just left the little town that I'd gone through, heading east towards Kalispell. And there's a big kind of a, as there is a lot up there, mountain range or hills you got to go over. And all of a sudden, the RPMs revved up almost like I had broke a belt, Mm. you know, because the engine itself was running fine. Did you lose drive? And I thought drive like in a car, like forward momentum. Yeah, I couldn't. So I was fortunate enough that I was just right by a little pullout in a dirt road there, a little parking spot. And so I coasted into that and went through the gears and they went through the gears like smooth butter. The engine ran like it was brand new and, uh, but it wasn't moving and the belt was just fine. Hmm. Well, right there. And then I thought, man, I am screwed. Something internal yeah. is wrong. Yeah. You get that weird feeling in the pit of your stomach. Oh, it's a gut wrenching feeling. And it's my one and sometime. my one and only experience of being broke down and so far away from home. 
terrifying. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I gotta, I'm gonna have to go rent a U-Haul and drag this home. Mm-hmm. So I called a motorcycle shop in the town that I had just gone through, the only motorcycle shop. And uh, they came out and he looked around and he says, man, you're lucky. And I said, what do you mean? He says, had you got another 150, 200 yards up the road, you wouldn't have cell service. Holy snikes. And I said, well, I guess I am lucky. And they couldn't have been more polite. They brought out a trailer, brought it back and broke down the side. And what had happened was, this is not a good testimony for victory. <laughs> but every manufacturer victory are they still in business they are they are under the under the title of indian that's a whole nother subject it was because they want to run indian anyways don't get me started <laughs> they pulled it off and they couldn't figure out what was wrong and then they pulled the side cover off and the final drive pulley up front was spinning on its shaft mm. stripped the teeth out on it it stripped the teeth out on it and I said, uh, well, and this was back when Victory was still... Still hot and running. Yeah, yeah. so you could have got parts anyway. But you'd had to buy a new front pulley and a new main shaft. And on Victory, it's so wonderful because to replace that, the whole engine comes out. Oh, you got to pull the engine out and everything. So he says, well, he says, I got an idea. He says, are you willing to give it a try? And I said, well, I guess I'm willing to try anything. He says, it's a whole lot cheaper and at least probably get you home. So I said, okay. He says, well, we got a machine shop over here and the machinist in there is a savant. Mm. He said, I think we can fix this without pulling your engine or pulling that shaft out or anything. So what they did was they took it down there and they welded. And I don't know, I'm not a welder. I don't know how they did this, but they welded that drive shaft sprocket together. The pulley to the shaft? The pulley to the shaft, but they did it internally. Hmm. I don't even begin to ask me, how do you do that? Because I don't know. It's magic, folks. It's magic. So that thing is solid. He's, and he brought it back and he says, you're fixed. It's run great. Goes through the gears. Everything's just right. Dang. And I said, how'd you do that? And of course, he explained it to me. And I said, now, how am I going to get this off if I should want to replace all that? He says, you're not. <laughs> you're stuck. <laughs> he said, the only way to get this off is to actually cut the shaft, cut the pulley off. Yeah. He said, that will stay on there forever, plus a day. Plus a day. And by God, to this day, it is still welded on there. I'd never heard of a uh, front sprocket with splines. Yeah, I I mean, I've heard of it, and some of them are two-piece pulleys, too. So, I mean, it's a a possibility for sure. It's all that power you're making on that stock. Hauling my fat ass around, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. that's the, my only experience with breaking down on the road. I didn't like it, but I actually, when you think about it, kind of dodged a bullet. Yeah, sure did. So, but I'm also the guy, I've talked about tires that is, as you know, you changed my tires. I'm the guy that only wants good tires. Yes. And I'm the guy that wants to replace them way before they get down to. Oh yeah. I love replacing your tires because then I take those used ones off and, and sell, I sell them. them because they're still good. They're still good. <laughs> that and batteries. Yeah, batteries. That's a preventative maintenance, too. I replace the battery every two to three years. Yeah. You talk about preventative maintenance with your batteries. Stop being a freaking tight ass, okay? People, do not ever buy a lead-acid-filled battery to put in your ATV, UTV, motorcycle, whatever it is. If you have to fill it with acid and then let it sit and then sometimes charge it and then put the caps on it, that is a junk-ass battery. Okay. That's 1960s technology. Yes. And it pisses me off to no end because people will be like, well, I put a new battery in it last year. And I'm like, okay, cool. That doesn't make much difference to me, but pull the battery out and it's a f- 
effing lead acid filled battery. There's no fluid in it and it looks like it's been overcharged and or been being charged with no fluid in it. No acid, electrolytes, whatever. They are garbage. They don't are. waste your money on it. There are two things you don't skimp on. Tires and batteries. No. Large. Get the best you can get. Yes. I mean, it is just grates all over me. So then when I tell them, hey, I got to replace your battery. Well, no. I'm like, okay, you're the mechanic. You brought it to me. You know, I'm just an idiot. Um, let me explain to you why you have to replace your battery. And I show them and I tell them, they're like, oh, I didn't even think about that. I bought that at Walmart. Think I can get a warranty on it? And I'm like, probably with Walmart. Yeah, sure. You know, go ahead and get your $40 back that you just spent on this battery. You know, a good AGM battery costs you 120 for your bike. Yeah, but it's worth it. Right. But in the long run, you're spending less. Yes. Let's do mathematical equation here. Replace one battery at $40. Every year. Every year for five years. Most AGM batteries will last you five years. You know, you're $200 there. Okay. And you've had to deal with this problem every single year. Or you spend 120 bucks average, put one battery in there, put a maintainer on it. Last yeah. year, at least five, six years, I've been seeing guys get eight and nine years out of theirs. That's something I'm real anal about, too. I put a battery tender on mine. Yeah. Even if I'm parking it for overnight. Yeah. Well, if I'm I at just, home. I just ride mine all the time. I don't have battery. I ride mine all the time. Phew. Give no. me a break, yo. You don't. You don't. Yes. A maintainer is a great idea. I'm mm -hmm. talking about like a float charger, a maintainer that will condition your battery, charge it at a low rate. I will say one thing about battery tenders. There is one battery tender. I don't, it's, it's, a, it's the most popular one out there. Um, Mr. Tender probably. They have one that's a small, they're all great that they yeah. put out, but they do put out one that's their least expensive. It's very small. It's kind of, you just plug into the wall yeah. and it looks like a, a USB charger or something. Yeah. Tiny. And if you use that one on a gel battery, mm -hmm. it'll actually drain the battery. Yes. Because it doesn't put out enough amperage. And current, yeah. And current. Yeah. Which, so don't buy that one. Uh, I think it's called battery tender. I think you're right, too. Um, get you one that charges at a rate of two, amp, two amps per hour, whatever, two amp hours. What and automatically it. shuts off and turns on when yes. it's ready. Yes. What it does is it'll charge it to... Not 100%, it's like 95 or 98%, and then shut off. And then if that battery starts to lose voltage, lose kick you know, back amps on. or whatever, it'll kick back on and charge back up, and it's conditioning that's, it. That's healthy for your battery. It actually is. Um, now, there are some that out there that just charge it at 2 amp hour all the time, continuous, and if you leave it on there for weeks on end, it overheats your battery and destroys it. So it is a good idea to have a maintainer a float charger, whatever you want to call it on there that conditions your battery, keeps it at a charged rate. You will have little to no problems out of that. So that preventative maintenance wise is a very, very good spend a few dollar bills, get your charger like that, put it on there. If you're the guy that rides daily, cool. It's not going to hurt it. No. If you're the guy that rides once in a blue moon, Definitely going to help you out. Definitely yeah. going to save you a lot of heartache. Well, I think we've covered just about everything anybody needs to know about preventative maintenance and yeah. our experiences with it. Uh, and if we haven't, eh, well, tough shit. Yeah. Learn from experience. Yeah, that is the key. They call them life lessons because they last a lifetime. That's right. Those you are the know. kind you really don't want, but you need to have. Yeah, yeah. That's where experience and wisdom comes in is 
If you've been in the situation, you can relay that stuff on to the next guy that has it and keep them out of it. So until the next time, I've got some ideas what we'll talk about next time, but we won't uh, talk about it right now because I may change my mind. So until then, just keep it on the road and keep riding. There you go.